to feel about that. I mean, I was like a combination of intense joy and insane stress. I had no idea that it was going to be that stressful <laughs> to watch my kid on the stage. Like, that was stressful. I don't know. Maybe I just need to work on that. But that was like, don't pick your nose. Don't lie down. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was amazing. Can I... Uh, uh, again, I just want to say thank you to those of you who've already served at or will be serving at one of our pop-up hot chocolates, inviting all of our city to come out and celebrate Christmas Eve with us uh, next Sunday morning. And I also, uh, I also, if you're brand new with us, which is, uh, you know, every week in our church, I get a chance to meet brand new people. Thanks for being here this morning. So glad that you're here. And I love this about our church, that there are people here and you're brand new to church, you're not sure what you believe about God, or maybe you've been coming for a while, um, and you're like a little bit more leaning into things, but you're still not sure. And I really think that's great about our church. We love you whether you're all in, you're half in, or you're just not even sure where you're at in the journey. And what I also love about our church is that I would say that most people that call Resonate Church home, you love God and you love people enough that there's someone in your world that this week you want to invite to come and be a part of the Christmas Eve service. And so, but it's gonna be a busy week. It's gonna be hard to find time to do that. And so I got your back, don't worry. Let's take the time right now. Just pull out your phone. This is what we do around here. Just grab your phone, come on, pull that thing out. Let me see some rustling. Women, go through your purse. You gotta dig through the Kleenex and the candies that you got for your kids. Just go ahead, pull that thing out. And uh, just Wednesday, or whenever it would work for you, but let's say Wednesday, just plug in a reminder to invite that coworker or to send a text to a friend, whatever it may be. Just plug in a reminder, because uh, this week is going to fly by. And what might happen, and you don't want it to happen, but what might happen is you're sitting here next Sunday morning, and the Christmas music is on point, and the message is on point, and you're like, oh, so and sh so should be here, and they're not here. I'm just not going to let that happen to you. So plug it in. We can't wait for next week. Come on, everybody. How many are ready for Christmas? <laughs> Uh, I'm so excited about Christmas. You know, uh, this morning I want to speak message number two of three of our Christmas series. Last week we talked about the chaos of Christmas. This morning, come on somebody, we're going to talk about the joy of Christmas. The joy of Christmas. Just turn to someone near you and say, I don't know what you're going through, but God's got joy for you in the journey. Come on, just go ahead, turn to someone. Joy for you in the journey. Come on. I want to share a message, joy in the journey, joy in the journey. Parents, you know, if you're, if you're a parent, you know, we love seeing our kids up here on stage. We love seeing our kids happy. We love it. If you're even, you're like, it doesn't matter. Parents, you, you could be auntie, uncle, um, and you got nieces and nephews, and when you see them light up and they just, they're so pumped, you love it. We love to see our kids 
happy. Right now, our one-year-old, Alencia, she's got a few things that make her happy. One of them is pretending that I'm a horse. And so every night before bed, I'll lie down on the ground, and she will come over, and she'll jump on my back. Uh, kind of, it's, she's, it's, a, it's a hard climb. She'll climb on, and then she'll start bouncing up and down, and she'll yell, Bronco! Bronco! And it's the cutest thing in the world. She's like literally five pounds of pressure from breaking my ribs. But I let her do it because I love seeing her happy. And our three-year-old, she's got some stuff that she loves right now. She loves doing zip lines from the second floor of our house down to the first floor of our house. And before you call the police on us, she's not the one doing the zip lines. It's her stuffies. We'll just take twine. We tie it up uh, to the banister. And then we run it down to a chair below. And then just using like, um, you know, page clips on the back of stuffies. It's a little inhumane, but it's okay, only if you really believe the stuffy is alive. Um, we'll put it on the back of the stuffy, and then we'll send them down the zip line. If you are looking for something to do with your kids this Christmas, try it out. You'll thank me later. It's going to be a great time. She loves doing zip lines. Now, if you were to ask me yesterday, you were to say, you know, what, what did you want to do at 5 o'clock yesterday? Yesterday at 5 o'clock, I wanted to be having... Uh, an eggnog latte with my boo, my girl, my main squeeze, my love of my life, my bride of my youth, my, um, oh, okay, I got to be careful here, my amazing wife, Rachel, that's what I wanted to be doing, but I was doing zip lines with a three-year-old, why, because we love seeing our kids happy, now believe it or not, the Bible would say to you that God's the same way, that God desires for you to have joy in your life. In fact, the Bible says that you're to do one thing always. And it might not be what you think it is. It's not to serve or to give. Those are great things. It's actually to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. God wants you to be in this constant awareness of how good he is and what he's done for you. That you would live in a constant joy. Now I understand the challenge to this is that there are things going on in your life that don't seem that joyous. There are issues and challenges going on in your life. This week for Rachel and I, um, we found out on Wednesday that a man that's, that's dear to us passed into eternity this past Wednesday. He was actually the husband of the couple that we lived with when we first got married. We grew to love this couple. They, were, they really were a significant uh, in our lives and remain that to this day. And after a very short and very sudden battle with cancer, he passed away this Wednesday. So I don't know what it is that you're going through. I know for everyone on the journey, you're going through something different. But I believe that as we study God's word today, we are going to find some joy in the middle of unexpected places, unexpected circumstances, even in unexpected emotional journeys. So come on, somebody, let's turn to the Bible Let's pick it up where we left off reading last week. We got to the end of Matthew chapter 1. Let's read through the first part of Matthew chapter 2. It says this, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. 
After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. This morning, I want to speak a message on finding joy in purpose, joy in unexpected places, and joy in surrender. Would you just join me in a moment of prayer and ask God to speak to our hearts today? God, we just lean into you today. We believe, I believe, God, that you have a word for us that will bring joy. It's not going to change our circumstances, God. It's going to change our hearts. It's going to change our minds. And it's actually going to bring a deposit of life into our hearts today before we leave this place. God, we worship you. Pray, have your way. <coughs> Speak your word in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. I want to start this morning talking about finding joy in purpose. Finding joy in purpose. Now, when I read the Christmas story and was studying for this message today, I was surprised to see something I'd never seen before. I mean, I've spoken on this a lot. I've, I've read this all my life since I was a kid. And I was amazed to find something I had never seen before in the story. And here's, here's where it was. It's the progression of time between verses 9, 10, and 11. The Bible says that when the star came to rest over where the child was, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And then verse 11 says, after that, going into the house, they saw the child. There's a bit of an odd progression time-wise there. That they actually pause and throw a chaotic party. In fact, Matthew says it's, it's excessive, exceedingly great joy. Like they hired a DJ. They threw on Pharrell's happy song. They had like a mirror ball going. They just took it a little too far. And then they went in to see Jesus. Okay, help me out here. Why are they throwing a party before they go and see the Savior? Somebody help me with the timeline. Why are they pausing for a party before they go in to see the Savior? Okay, let's, what do we know about the journey so far? We know that these magi or, or wise men, it wasn't three most likely. You know, we get three traditionally in our minds from the idea that they brought three gifts. But it was more than likely a caravan, a, a larger number of these wise men, really um, pagan astrologers that have traveled from the east. We don't necessarily exactly know where, Arabia, Persia, Mesopotamia, somewhere east. And they've come to find the baby Jesus. This journey, depending on how far they've gone, it could have taken up to a year. They have been traveling for a while. And the Bible tells us, and it's surprising to me, because you think when the Bible is all about Jesus, everything here points to the supremacy and sufficiency and majesty of the Savior, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Everything in the Bible points to that. And so don't you find it odd that, the, that, the, that God allows Matthew, the author here, to actually illuminate the fact that they throw an excessive party before they go see Jesus. Begs the question, why do they do this? Why did they throw a party like this before they got to see Jesus? And I believe here is the answer. In allowing Matthew to tell us that they paused for a party, I believe the Bible is letting us know that there is an element of the joy that God has for your life that is connected to the realization that your journey has purpose. There is an element of the joy that God has for your life that must be connected to that moment you realize what you were made for. 
I, it's sad to me that so many Christians, in fact, some studies would say as many as nine out of ten Christians don't even know the gift that God put on their life for ministry and to use for his kingdom and his glory. That's why we're so passionate about next steps here. Like we're not, we're not, I'm not worried about trying to increase the numbers at next steps so we can celebrate that you went through. You know what I care about as your pastor is that you know why you're on the planet. Because I know so much of the joy that God has for your life comes the moment you realize what you're here for. When you realize that there is a purpose for your journey. Now I, need, I think some of us need to know that you only celebrate tough journeys. If we were to take a journey this afternoon, say from right here. You know, we leave after service and we're like, hey, we're, we're going to go outside. We're going to follow a star. Maybe we wait until it gets dark. So we stay here till like 4.30 and then we go outside and we see a star and we follow it. And imagine it's over like Rocky Point, right? And we just walked to Rocky Point. I have no idea how long it takes to get there. Let's say three hours. We arrive at Rocky Point at 7.30 p.m. We are not going to start lighting off firecrackers that we had such a big walk. Nobody celebrates an average day-long journey. Why? Because it was average. You celebrate journeys that are tough. You celebrate journeys that are difficult. And I believe this is important for us to realize as a church. 2018 is going to be off the chain at Resonate Church. Every single week, someone is going to come into this place and go from death to life. Every single week, someone's going to come into this room and go from hopelessness to great hope, from pain to freedom in their life every single week. But you know what? It is going to cost us something. It is going to take the effort. It's going to take some blood and some sweat and some tears. Hopefully not a lot of blood, but a lot of sweat and a lot of tears. It's going to take work, investment of our finances, investment of our energy. It's going to take you risking, dreaming big, sometimes even failing in pursuit of what God has for you. Why are we going to do this? Because it's only the difficult journeys that are worth celebrating. When you realize why you're on planet Earth, you will stop and throw a massive party while you realize you're not just following a hope in the sky that God actually has purpose for you. Up until this point, that's all they were doing. They were following a hope in the sky. I hope this leads me somewhere. The moment you realize I am on mission, we're on mission together. Come on, church. When we say, we step back and we say we're on mission together. We got a call from God. We have a, a, a pursuit of this city that is not of our own. It's from God. When we realize that mission together, come on, it's worth a dance party. I think we need to get a, a mirror ball for those dance parties. The end of February is going to be our one-year uh, Resonate Church one-year party. And just a, just a, yeah, I know it's going to be massive, but don't clap yet because there's conditions attached. <laughs> our one-year parties for our dream team, and we just like, we're going to party as a church on that Sunday. We're going to get crazy, but we're going to have this other, like, thank you for being a part of the team. And so, like, if you want to hit both, both the Sunday party and the Friday night party, you got you to gotta get on the team and serve at least one Sunday before Friday. Listen, if you get in at the, like, the last hour, you know that parable Jesus told about the guy who like worked for an hour and got the same pay as the others that did. That's what you got to do. Get through next steps in January. Listen, serve on February the 19th and hit the party on the 23rd and be like, I belong up in this place, yo. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Okay. Whoo! Man, come on, somebody get some joy in this place, right? Come on, turn to your neighbor one more time and say, it's time to get some joy in this place. Whew. Joy in purpose. Second thing we see in the story is joy in an unexpected place. We all know where Jesus was born, right? Let's try it together. 
Can I do, can we try that one more time? And let's pause and hold the end. I've always wanted to kind of do the like conductor, whatever they do. And let's just see if we can do that. Oh, little town of. <laughs> well, that didn't work. Um, <laughs> born in Bethlehem, Matthew actually highlights it for us here in verse number six that the prophet uh, Micah. Old Testament book of Micah actually lets us know that Jesus is going to come and be born in Bethlehem. And, and in Micah, there's just this kind of understanding that Bethlehem is a poverty-stricken, insignificant town. So Matthew quotes here. It's insignificant. Now, Bethlehem actually means Breadville. Breadville. I don't know, you know... Why would God choose Breadville for the birth of the Savior? Breadville. If you look up the name Coquitlam, I think we are the modern-day Breadville. If you look up the name Coquitlam, you'll find two different uh, reasons or meanings of the name Coquitlam. The first, uh, you know, the first is kind of like a word translation. The second is more just from folklore. Um, The first way we people say we got the name Coquitlam is that the the, the word uh, Coquitlam means a small red salmon. A small red salmon. Not even just a red salmon. You know? A small red salmon. Like, talk about your inferiority complex as a city, right? Like, could we not just be the red salmon? It's like there's, there's already like a fish association that we don't really need. But then <coughs> the small thing that's just to me that's over the top the second meaning of the word coquitlam you would think would be better it's actually worse uh, there's this kind of folk story about some sort of like fish explosion and, and fish guts and slime getting on some people and then them naming the city after the smell of the fish slime go to, look it up wikipedia it's on wikipedia uh, smelly fish slime is one of the proposed meanings of the name coquitlam We're fish city, you know, no matter whether you take the first translation, the second translation, we're fish city. We're the modern day Breadville. And I think this is, this is important to realize because there, in the story, what we see is that God doesn't choose Jerusalem. God chooses the town, insignificant town, 10 miles outside of Jerusalem for the birthplace of a savior. God doesn't choose the happening it cultural center hub for the birth of the Savior. He chooses the insignificant, poverty-stricken town 10 miles outside. Come on, somebody, that makes me think that Coquitlam is the birthplace for a move of God. See, God wants to birth a miracle in Breadville. God wants to birth a miracle in Fish City. God does great things in great cities, understand it, but God loves and delights to take the underdog, the one that you would think would be despised, the one that you think might not have it all going on. You know, uh, I think we need to now personalize this into our own lives more than just a city because I believe there's a lot of people and you are stuck in the thing that robs joy. The, The greatest thief of joy in our culture today is comparison. 
there's so much going on that you would think would be like the, the real reason that we don't have joy. You know, you've got political drama, you've got economic uncertainty, you've got threats of wars that we've never seen before. Honestly, I don't think any of us really have our emotions as tied to that as much as we do comparing ourselves with other people. Comparison is the greatest thief of joy in our culture. You know, you, we know what it's like to be on the outside looking in, much like Bethlehem looking in on Jerusalem. We know what it's like to be close to the place where it's happening, to, but to feel like we're on the outside looking in. We know what it's like to be close enough to someone who's got it all together, but to recognize that we're not the ones that have it all together. We know what it's like to be close enough with people on Instagram who've got a lot more going on in their lives than we do, with the, have the feeling that it's not my life. We have ourselves stuck up in comparison. It's the number one thief of joy. Some of you this Christmas, you're going to spend time with relatives and family, a brother or a sister that you perceive as having more success or more opportunities than you. For some of you, whenever you've been around them and you've rubbed shoulders with them, it's caused you to take your eyes off of what God has for your life. In fact, for some of you, you've actually dreaded the family gatherings because being around them causes you to compare yourself to them or not just that, the comparisons that you think others make between you and them or that you know others make. Maybe those lines like, hey, did you see Tim's car outside? What if this year you showed up to the family gathering not looking at the externals but understanding that God wants to birth something in your life and looking at not what is on the outside of your life but the recognition that what is inside of you is enough to change the world around you. What if the externals don't matter? What if God actually would prefer to birth a miracle out of a place of insignificance, out of someone who looks like they don't have it all together? Understand, God is not worried about what's on the outside of your life when he's trying to choose where to deposit a miracle. He wants to birth his miracle in the person that he can get all the glory from. If it's about me, if it's about my externals, if it's about the big city and some other thing, God's like, I'm not into that. I would rather choose Breadville because I want people to know that this was my idea. Come on, somebody. Can we give some praise in the room this morning that God chooses the insignificant? He doesn't choose the strong. He doesn't choose the one that looks like they got it together. No, he takes the one that's just on the outside so he can say, man, I got the glory out of that. 2018 Resonate Church, can we have some joy in purpose? Can we have some joy in showing up with who we are and not who we think we need to be? Man. Joy in purpose, joy in an unexpected place. And then finally what we find this morning is we see joy in surrender. Joy in surrender. Let's read it together, actually, one more time. It says, In going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. I love the contrasting themes in a single verse. In one verse, you've got this idea that God comes to you in the form of a baby, tender, humble, soft, embraceable. Come on, some of you need that today. Some of you need the awareness that God comes to you in a form 
that is embraceable. Now notice the supporting and yet contrasting theme in the same verse that when they walk into the room and see the baby, they don't say, ah, ooh, so cute. Their knees start to buckle and they bow down and they worship. Because if the baby in the manger is God, then the message of Jesus isn't a message that we can just hear this time of year and choose to accept or reject as we please. The baby in the manger really is God. The only true response and the only path that leads to true joy in our lives is the path of all out surrender. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you're on that journey I talked about in the beginning where you've been around for a little bit and you've heard a little bit about God, but there's still a gap between where you are today and all out surrender. And today we need to not just celebrate that God comes in a baby form so that we can understand the humility and the tenderness and the softness and the embraceableness with which God comes. But we also need to recognize that Jesus comes as Lord. And our only acceptable response to his Lordship and his kingship is all out full surrender. I'm thankful that there's joy in purpose, and I'm thankful that there's joy in unexpected places, but make no mistake about it, your richest joy comes when you realize you're not in charge. So how do we apply this? How are we going to put this into our hearts today? Maybe you're here this morning, and, and you need to discover some joy in purpose. Maybe for you, there's an element of joy in your life that is missing because you haven't yet laid your life fully on God. In fact, you still know that most of your life is lived for you and not for God. And 2018 is gonna be a brand new start, a new year to live with purpose, to get on board with God's plan for your life. Because in that place is a posture and, and, a, and an understanding of the deepest party that you know why God made you and you know his hand is on you. You pause outside the manger, you rent the DJ, you get the lights, and you throw a wild party that Matthew can't even describe in a single word. He says, rejoice exceedingly with great joy. That's what it looks like to know there's purpose on your life. The second thing is, again, a reminder that, there, that there's joy in unexpected places, and maybe for you this Christmas, it's going to mean showing up with a different attitude into the midst of environments where you have found yourself comparing yourself to somebody else. You know, one of the things, listen, I'm, I am as guilty as anyone as comparing myself with people around me. And social media is just a tough place for us to navigate because it's amazing and it keeps us connected, but it can also really bring you down. And so what I've done is I've found that whenever I find myself on social media wishing I had someone else's life, I've just taken on a new practice and maybe you want to throw this into your little social media routine. I don't know, you might have a healthier one than this, but this is what I do. If I find myself thinking, man, you know, I wish I could be more like so-and-so, you know what I've done? Rather than kind of feeling self-pity and being like, yeah, I gotta figure out my stuff. You know what I've done? I've actually just said, I'm gonna send at least five amazing words of encouragement on somebody else's stuff. Because I've found, when I realize, when I begin to do that, I realize 
the purpose of my life is not to have the coolest life. The purpose of my life is actually to speak life to other people. I find, you know what, when you, get, when you start to say, man, this looks like the best thing ever, and it's like, it's like someone's, it's like they're Cheerios, and you're like, man, this looks like an amazing day. I wish I could be where you're at. Man, that just begins to lift your own spirit. It takes you from stuck to realizing I'm not stuck being less than somebody else. There's a miracle that's born inside me that I get to speak into your life. Listen, if I've been commenting on your posts, it means I'm a little bit stuck in comparison. That's okay. <laughs> no, I comment sometimes for other reasons too. And then joy and surrender. For some of you in the room this morning, listen, you might this morning be a single prayer away from a whole new level of joy. And it's going to be a prayer of surrender. So I'm going to ask you all across the room to just bow your heads with me and close your eyes. We're going to go into a few moments of prayer together. And I'm just going to invite you to just, if you would feel comfortable, just raise your hands as a sign and posture of surrender. Thank you, God, that in this place you've been speaking to hearts that Lord, there is an element of joy that you have for us, God, that we have not yet stepped into. And I pray, God, even before we leave the room today, God, you would move us more towards the joy that you have for us. First of all, God, for those who have been walking through a difficult time and have had a hard time believing that you've got joy, I pray, God, that we would see joy not just in our external circumstances, not even just joy in a shift in our external circumstances, but joy in the fact that you desire to birth a miracle inside of us this Christmas season. Joy in the fact that there's purpose on our lives. Joy in the fact that when we surrender and realize it's about more than my external circumstances, God, may there be a shift in our hearts today. God, I pray that we would be as a church, as a community, sent out this week to call others into a place of deeper joy and deeper life. Now I want to pause for a moment and, and take time in our service today to do something that we do pretty much every week, and that's to give some people in the room an opportunity to make a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you came in the room today and you know you're far from God. And, and I'm not talking to Christians where, you know, maybe you just had a rough week. I'm talking to people like you know that your heart is not currently following Jesus. And this morning, I want to take an opportunity to pray for you that you would know by the time you leave this place today that you have fully surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says if you do that, you will be saved, meaning forgiven, free, and promised eternal life in the presence of God. So if that's you in this place and you would say, you know what, I don't wanna leave this place the same way I came in. I know I'm not following God today, but I wanna leave this place knowing that my life is right with God. It's not gonna take you filling out some sort of information. It's not gonna take a commitment to what you're gonna do the next 10 weeks. It's actually gonna take a faith decision in your heart to choose to follow Jesus. So if that's you in the room this morning with no one looking around, we're not going to send you out or embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. If that's you and you'd say, yeah, today's my day to make a decision to follow Jesus, would you just slip up your hand, hold it up? I'm just looking around. No one else looking around me. Would you say, yeah, would you pray with me today? Today is my day to make a decision to follow Jesus. I'll just look around for a couple moments as God's speaking to hearts in this place. Thank you, Jesus. 
again, I can just see God speaking to hearts all over the room today. So let's pray this morning. Whether you raised your hand or not, but today that was your decision. When you pray this with me in church, let's help those making that decision today. Dear Jesus, my life is totally yours. And I'm going to follow you. I believe that you died and that you rose again so I could be forgiven and know eternal life. Thank you for saving me. Now help me to follow you. I'm yours. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, church. Can we put our hands together for those that prayed that prayer in the place this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you.